Hi, I'm Jason Lehman. I've been in the ministry space working behind the scenes, coaching and mentoring and serving ministry leaders for over 20 years. And in that time, I found that a lot of leaders run out of steam. They get discouraged. They find themselves off the path that God has for them. And we don't think it needs to be that way. We believe that ministry is an adventure. I think it's time for us to navigate that better. This is the Ministry Edge Podcast. Well, good morning. Grateful to have you with us today. Have you ever had one of those days where you were having a really great day, but it was very clear that somebody else wasn't? I was having one of those mornings. I was at a uh, coffee shop this morning, same place I go most days, talked to several people who were there, to kind of have the routine. And it was interesting because it, it felt like a normal day. So I had, I had been there, made a few phone calls, um, worked, for, worked for about a half an hour, went back up to the counter for something while I'm there, and I'm talking to uh, one of the managers and just kind of catching up. We hadn't talked in a while, and a customer comes in the door. And as soon as he came in the door, you could tell something wasn't right. And he's holding his drink out in front of him, walks right up to the counter, cuts in front of people, and is demanding to know why his drink is not what he ordered. The individuals who are working are trying to uh, provide an explanation, trying to find out what it is that he wanted so that they could remake uh, his drink for him. Handling the situation as best they can, every question that they're asking or every explanation they're trying to give, the customer is getting more frustrated. At this point, he is now raising his voice and the baristas in turn are trying to be calming so it doesn't escalate. And I have to say, they were, they were doing a good job. It's just that the situation was one that they just didn't really have control of, of responses and things like that. And so his voice is getting louder, he's getting angrier, and all they want to do is remake his drink so that it is what he ordered. And all of a sudden, he starts yelling. It's very uncomfortable. You can tell everybody who is in the coffee shop is feeling uneasy. I'm standing four feet away from this gentleman, so I myself am feeling awkward uh, listening to this this individual yell. The manager is looking at me like I'm going to do something, and what am I going to do? All of a sudden, the customer, who is not far away from me, takes a few steps back, still yelling, raises his arm with his drink in hand, and he just throws it straight to the ground. Coffee goes all over the floor, onto the counters, hits a few people, and he just storms out the door. There is a shared sense of relief that is felt across everyone who is in that room. I'm feeling that myself as well. All of a sudden, the situation has taken care of itself, even though there wasn't truly resolution. And it was just a huge reminder for me as I was in that moment, but even in the moments after, just kind of reflecting on that that we never know where somebody is. And even though this individual came in and he is wearing designer-type clothes, presents well, is clean-cut, you know, if you ran into him outside of this interaction, you would think, oh, he's a nice guy, he is, is successful. You, know, you have your own conclusions that you draw and something like that. Yet, here is this moment. And I think just that reminder that we never know where somebody is and we never fully understand the perspective of someone else because our perspective is our own. If you've been doing ministry for any length of time, you know how critical perspective is. 
So one of the greatest challenges that we face as ministry leaders is having to decipher the perspectives of others while also trying to keep our own perspective objective, or at least as objective as we can. I do a talk once in a while for nonprofits and ministries, and one of the exercises that I do with people is uh, some word association types of things. And uh, we'll do this in a group setting. You know, I'll say a word and the whole group responds with, with their word. If I say coffee shop, everybody responds with their favorite coffee shop. If I say car, people respond with the kind of car they drive or the kind of car they want to drive. And one of the things I'll do sometimes is I'll actually lead people to a place where I use the phrase getting cut off in traffic because I want to see how people will respond to that statement. Inevitably, I end up with someone saying idiot driver, or they'll just use a little bit stronger word to describe someone. And it's usually a point where everybody laughs. In those moments, I often find that people have some shared perspective that when you get cut off, you're getting cut off by somebody who's not paying attention. They are a bad driver. There's all kinds of reasons. They're almost always at fault. The interesting part of that exercise is how people all come together to kind of make a judgment on someone who cut them off. And there might have been people in the room in those times I've talked that were cut off that morning. So it's fresh in people's mind. And so it's just an easy way for people to have a conversation about that kind of stuff. And then I pose a question. I pose the question, is that person still an idiot if they just found out that they have cancer and they were on their way home and they're just not even sure how they're going to have this conversation at home? Is that person still an idiot driver if they're driving their kindergartner to the emergency room because of a broken arm? Are they still an idiot if they just found out that someone they love died? You see where I'm going with this. Usually when I'm giving this talk and people are in the room, you can see the guilt on their face. And so what was funny a couple moments ago is now something that people feel kind of bad about because now they're thinking about, well, the person who cut me off this morning might have been going through a hard time. And instead of being sensitive to that, I responded differently and I was angry and I might have driven around them very quickly and cut them off so they knew what it was like. Ministry is full of these moments where we have to make decisions based on our perspective of something that is informed by the perspectives of other people. This is really important because this affects every layer of ministry. If you're a senior pastor, you're having to deal with these layers of perspectives of all kinds of people in your congregation or in your board or on your staff or in people who don't come to your church, but you still know them or business leaders who are in your community. Everybody's got a different opinion. Everybody's got a different view of you, of your church, of what you do, of your role in the community, of how much you care, of how much you don't care. And those opinions for them are reality. That perception, that perspective they have is how they are defining what is real in their mind. That can be a hard line to walk as a pastor. This is true in in almost any ministry leadership role. You know, if you are a Small groups leader, you're dealing with the perceptions of people who are attending your small group. If you're a children's director, uh, you're dealing with the same thing. You have the perspective from kids, from parents, from staff members, from, you know, others that are interacting or not interacting with your ministry. If you're an executive director of a nonprofit, you deal with the same types of things there. You have donors, you have constituents, you have 
people who support you uh, in prayer, people who support you with uh, financial resources. You have people who are being cared for. All of these have different perspectives. So what do you do about that? How do you navigate perspectives in ministry as a leader? How do you do that objectively? Well, the simple answer is you can't. It's impossible to actually be objective by yourself. Because in the same way that someone else has an opinion, you have an opinion. We all have things that are known to us. We have things that are not known to us. Others have things that are known to them, things that are not known to them. And we have these experiences together at the same time. So we could have a meeting with someone and there's things we're observing about that person that is unaware of the things we're observing in them. But then there's also things that we're all observing together. So what we have found to be helpful in navigating all the varying perceptions is communication. Not the end communication, it's the process of communication. Finding out how people perceive things and actually asking them how they understood something. What did they hear? Getting them to a place where they can interact with ideas, they can interact with observations, and you in turn can interact with them in that gives you a really, really great place to have a shared perspective of something. Think about a traffic accident. This is an example that's been used for years. You probably use this yourself, you know, if you're a pastor. You know, why is it in a traffic accident that a police officer has to interview so many people? And how is it possible that in an accident that clearly happened a certain way that you could have half a dozen perspectives that contradict one another? Well, the reality is we can only see what we can see in our vantage point from our perspective. And our perspective is going to be different than someone else's. So bringing people that you trust together and asking them what they see, asking them what they hear, asking them what they experience is a way for you to step into that perspective that they have. You, in turn, can share the same with them. You can share your perspective. You can share your ideas. You can share what you see. And coming to a place where there's a shared perspective, now all of a sudden perspective becomes something that is more understood and known. And when those things are known, you can address things like direction and strategy and communication more authentically because everyone actually knows what's going on. So what's the takeaway for today? The takeaway is to give grace. We never know what's really going on in somebody's life until we're actually part of that conversation with them. And we have a shared understanding of what's happening. So when someone comes into your ministry, just like the coffee shop situation this morning, and and that individual doesn't like something you're doing in your ministry, take a moment and respond with grace. Take the time to be in the conversation, to have that shared perspective, because there might be something in there that you could do better. And that hard interaction that you're just wanting to get out of might actually be the door opening for you into a better way to do ministry. Thanks for being with me today. I hope this was helpful to you. Go do some better ministry. Mm-hmm.